The Dead Drop Podcast by Matthew Bliss is a short-form podcast, just like the WP Minute, but for those interested in video game news. Each week, Matt, hey, again, just like this podcast, gives you 10 minutes of video game coverage goodness for your busy work-life schedule. Want to stay up to date on how your favorite AAA titles have failed you again, but indie game studios entertain you for days on end with their 16-bit goodness? You don't need a cheat code. You need the Dead Drop Podcast at deaddroppod.com. Here's the latest episode for you to get a taste of. Accessing node A2EE34Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to The Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Welcome back to the second episode of the week, and we've got a bit of controversy to unpack in this episode. But before I do, I just want to shout out to some of the people who've been sending me emails of stories that they'd like to hear in the Network Intel episodes. Now, admittedly, it's been a little bit of time since I've been able to action these, but I'm going to try and create a couple over the next few weeks that are big stories that I've found, as well as that potentially you have sent me as well, that talk about things that I can unpack and reveal a little bit more about the games industry to you. And if you're wondering exactly what I'm talking about, I like to create episodes based on your feedback or your questions for an entire 10 minutes unpacking the idea and revealing a little bit more about that subject matter. And if you have a question or a story or a rumor that you'd like me to investigate for one of these episodes and get a shout out on the show, send it to deaddroppod at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-D-R-O-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hear what you send. All right, let's get into it. This is your transfer from the 10th of November, 2022. And these are the news stories that you need to know. Mick Gordon, the original music producer for Doom, the 2016 version, and apparently Doom Eternal, has released a scathing rebuttal against some of the accusations made in an open letter by someone from the ID studio, and includes a lot of detail that couldn't be included or wasn't rebutted against at the time, purely because there were contractual agreements in place and Mick Gordon was trying to do the right thing. For a bit of context, after the release of Doom Eternal, there was some controversy around the state of the soundtrack with a third party developing subpar work and people presuming that Mick Gordon contracted the work out to someone else because he couldn't be bothered doing it. And then Marty from the studio released an open letter on Reddit also scathing about Mick Gordon and his approach to the music. Apparently behind the scenes, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of mediation, but Mick Gordon has finally come out with his full explanation of why Doom Eternal's music was in the state that it was. And understandably, people wouldn't be happy with the music based on what Mick has said, including being asked to create the music before even the level design was in place, being contracted to create certain bits of music in very short timeframes, completely unreasonable, for the game development process and overall being treated like a subpar human, even though he is a contract worker. With it overpromising on the OST, making a botch of the entire development process from Mick Gordon's standpoint and not being paid for 11 months of his contributions to the game, in addition to currently not having yet been paid for 50% of what he's developed for the game so far, you can understand why Mick Gordon would come out and make a statement like this. 
Now, it is a massive statement. It includes a lot of detail. He has, of course, removed what doesn't need to be included in terms of names and the parties involved. But I would urge you to jump into the show notes, click the link and give it a bit of a read because we don't often talk about music development in the games industry on this show. This can be a big reveal for what projects can be like in game development for musicians who are most often contract workers and not working for the studio themselves. And also my heart goes out to Mick Gordon as an Australian as well. We do appreciate that being in a different time zone on another side of the world can make things harder and they don't need to be made harder by the studios that you're trying to do the work for. This is content for an upcoming Network Intel episode that I have planned, but the Disco Elysium studio has confirmed that its three key members who were recently dismissed involuntarily have now confirmed that they were dismissed for reasons of toxic work environment, demonstrated misconduct towards employees, including verbal abuse and gender discrimination, and the attempt to illegally sell the studio's intellectual property out from under them. All of these, of course, on behalf of the three members that were removed from the studio, despite their objections, and some of the cultural elements of this game lean in towards some of the controversy around why these individuals were removed, a anti-capitalist themed game with people who are removed because of capitalist agendas. All of this will be dived into a little bit stronger in the Network Intel episode that I'm planning to release. So hang out for that and you can get the full detail of the Disco Elysium scandal with these three particular members of the team. The EU's European Commission has announced it's going to be doing an in-depth investigation into Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. It says that it has justified that there may be issues for markets in the distribution of console and PC video games, including subscription services and or cloud gaming streaming services and PC operating systems. You may be aware that when the EU gets a bee in their bonnet, they tend to run pretty far with it. So I'd say that this investigation, while it may reveal nothing, may happen the deadline that Microsoft had in place to secure the acquisition. Both Phil Spencer and Bobby Kotick have confirmed that they expected this as part of the process. And look, as I said, the EU has a propensity to do things like this. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. The Prince of Persia remake still in development still is making headlines as Ubisoft cancels pre-orders that people have made already for the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake. Now it is saying that it's still in development, the game will still be coming, but they have cancelled these pre-orders because they cannot yet confirm the release date for the game. They have also said in their FAQ published this week that this will be the only game in the Prince of Persia series getting a remake. As promised earlier this week, the Indie World Showcase did take place with a number of games that have been announced. Benba, Goodbye World, Have a Nice Death, which is one that has been announced in other places as well. Oni, Road to the Mightiest Oni, and of particular note, Rogue Legacy 2, the first of which is still available on the platform, but the second game now becoming available on Switch will be a delight for any roguelite fans out there. The Eurogamer article linked in the show notes will give you all of the releases, including their subsequent trailers, and also how they're still a little bit jilted that there's nothing about Silksong, the follow-up to Hollow Knight, in there just yet. 
And now some quick news headlines to keep you informed. It seems that EA is going to shut down the Project Cars series entirely. It says that it will be removing the game from its lineup in order to focus in areas that have the strongest opportunity to create experiences that fans will love. Hopefully this doesn't leave you disappointed. There is apparently an MMO in the pipeline for the Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West worlds, and they're being created by the Guild Wars publisher NCSoft. 343 Studios is thanking fans for their patience after finally announcing that they're going to be adding features to Halo Infinite that have been a long time coming, including campaign co-op, the Forge open beta, mission replay, and all of which were delayed on previous occasions. A message from the Saints Row developer has promised a beast of an update to squash hundreds of bugs in the most recent Saints Row release. You might remember the game came out quite buggy and almost incomplete. Hopefully this makes the game playable. As expected, the cancelled NVIDIA RTX 4080 12GB version of the graphics card will reportedly return as the RTX 4070 Ti. After unlaunching that version, of course, they would relaunch it with a different name and a better way to discern the performance from the other cards. In Take-Two's earnings call, they have reiterated the message from Rockstar that the recent leak of GTA 6 will not influence or have a hamper on the development of the game. A delight to fans, I'm sure, but it probably should never have happened. And lastly, after months of speculation, it seems that the PC port of PlayStation's exclusive Returnal has been confirmed after a Steam database entry was updated to replace Project Oregon with the Returnal name. So if you haven't been fortunate enough to get a PS5 yet but have a PC, that's me. We'll be able to enjoy Returnal soon. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can leave your podcast reviews. Join us on TikTok, Instagram, or find me on Twitter. All of those links are in the show notes. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Oh, my God.